How many of you know we serve a good God? Amen. Hallelujah. He's worthy of all our praise. Amen. Praise God. Some of you have got some challenges this week, next week, uh, coming up that's right here before you. I may not know what those challenges are, but God does. And let me tell you what, you can trust Him, you can, you can lean on Him, and He's going to bring you through it safely. He's going to bring you through it victoriously. I want you to claim to victory right now. I want you to, by faith, say, in Christ, I'm an overcomer, more than an overcomer. Blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm victorious in Him. Amen. You've just claimed your victory, so now just walk in it. Just go walk in it in confidence. Walk in it with praise on your lips. Don't be worried. Be praising. Don't be concerned. Be praising. Don't be talking about what it could happen. Talk about what God said is going to happen. Hallelujah. Just walk into it. It's yours. It's yours. Man, we just come back from a weekend. It is amazing with the men. Christian Embassy, all of you didn't get to join us, but we had about 40 uh, about 35 that got to stay with us and five coming and going. So about 40 of us there. We were at uh, Oceanic uh, Serenade was the name of the house right there, Sandbridge on the ocean. And uh, it was an ex uh, exciting time. It was a beautiful facility. Nobody went in that room. That they, they, they didn't. <laughs> I can promise you that. Nobody went in the workout room. But boy, did we eat good. I'm telling you, we had probably three and a half, four inch T-bone steaks one night. Woo, Brother Cliff and Brother Mark and Brother David got together and we had ribs. We had, oh my goodness, we had chicken, we had, oh, there was salad, yeah, yeah, ladies, it was some salad there, it really was. Pastor Dick, I'm talking about junk food. We ate more junk food this weekend, not the, not the meals, but we had junk food laying around everywhere. And we were just acting like kids without a mama watching out over us. I mean, it was something else. I got on the scales this morning and I said, you better not lie. You better not lie. And, uh, and it was good to me. Praise the Lord. But um, we just had a tremendous time. Uh, God has called our church to spearhead a global movement uh, that the, we're going to be introducing to uh, here locally. And then it will be going globally eventually. And it's called Covenant Keepers, and the men helped me uh, with this. We did some small groups, and we came together with some amazing practical application of Word of God in how to be a covenant keeper, because God is a covenant God. God began everything with the Adamic covenant, where he made covenant with Adam. And then we see the Noahic covenant, and we see the Abrahamic covenant. We see God just continues on with the Davidic covenant, and then when he stepped into the new covenant, because if you've got a Bible, you've got two covenants here. And all those others I spoke of are the old covenants that are under the old covenant, the Old Testament. Your Bible may say testament, same word as covenant. And uh, you step into the new testament, which is the new covenant. And that's a new covenant that Jesus Christ himself came and established with us. And read in Hebrews where he became a mediator of a better covenant for us. So we're really in the church age, we've got nothing to complain about. Let me tell you what, you go back and look at some of the covenants and some of the if and thens and the conditions that were in the old covenant that was relying on them and, and they failed and they broke them and there was uh, curses that came upon the, the breaking of them and the disobedience. Man, Jesus stepped in and made a new covenant, mediated a new covenant. And he said, instead of uh, you, your violation coming off of your hide, he said, I'll let it come off of my hide. And instead of it costing you your blood, 
I will shed my blood. Instead of you having to suffer and die, I'll hang on a cross and take the curse off of you. And if you get into Galatians 3.13, he says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law that came under that old covenant. He redeemed us from the curses. And so that the blessings of Abraham, he talks about the Abrahamic covenant. And if you get to Deuteronomy 28 and you read about all those blessings and curses, there's, a, a, there's about 14 verses of blessings and then there's about 28, 30 verses of curses. Well, all those curses, if you disobey this, if you disobey that, if you don't do this, this will come upon you. That came upon Jesus. Jesus says, I hung on a cross and took the curse off of the covenant to make it a better covenant. So now in me, all you get is the blessings. So now you're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. Your body is blessed with healing. Your body is blessed. Your family is blessed with provision. Your uh, life is blessed with protection. And just read those 14 verses of all the blessings. They're yours. Go to Deuteronomy 28. They're yours. Hallelujah. They're yours. And all those curses, as bad as they are, and there's some bad ones in there, boils on the skin, and oh my goodness, all kind of curses that come upon there. But listen, Jesus took the curse off of it. He negotiated a better covenant for us. Hallelujah. Written on better promises with better blood, not the blood of an animal, but the blood of the Son of God. So that that you and I can be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is amazing. We men have been together. We've been studying about how to man up. How to man up. If you hear that phrase, you're going to hear it probably, I pray, the rest of this year and next year. We've got to man up. We've got to man up in our personal life. And we've got to man up in our spiritual life. We've got to man up in our families as husbands. And we've got to man up with, as fathers and grandfathers. We've got to man up. We've got to man up in the church. And we got a man, I mean, this isn't a, a male-dominated uh, theme. It's just saying, men, take your responsibility too. We're going to take our responsibility too. And we're going to help lead the way. And we're going to help open the door, if you might say. We're going to be gentlemen for the ladies. We're going to open the door, even in the spirit realm, and say, come on in. And let's just be raptured up to enjoy the presence of the Lord at another level. Hallelujah. How many of you ladies don't mind a gentleman being a gentleman? Oh, yes. Man, we're going to have a revival here right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and all of this in this theme of uh, the fantastic days, as Pastor Radik was uh, sharing with you, these are fantastic days. I mean, they're fantastic with an R because we're not leaving out our relatives. So we're looking at friends and relatives and associates and our neighbors. uh, And we don't want to do this just in uh, October, November. We want this to become the culture and the life flow of our church. Because our friends, if you're truly a friend with someone, you need to share with them about how good God is and about how awesome your church is. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on now. Just tell them about how awesome your church is. Say amen. amen. Come on, I need, a little more, I need a little more love there. I mean, I need some soul. I need some soul in it. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And our relatives, I know some of you are scared of your relatives, but you know what? Through Christ, we can do all things. We're just singing about that. <laughs> no, our relatives are a responsibility, and we don't want to let anyone that we're related to uh, not miss out on the goodness of God. And our associates, when we're at work and we're at school and we're in the marketplace, we definitely want to let the world, the community around us that we work with and we go to school with know about the goodness of God and the favor of God. 
And then our neighbors, we've got we've to make a challenge to go beyond our, uh, you know, our square footage of life and make sure that we're not living next to people and around people that don't know about the goodness of God. And let me tell you what, folks, when they taste and see, they will see that the Lord is good. Because when you taste and you'll see that the Lord is good, He is not bad. Let me tell you what, the devil is bad. And believing there is no God and trying to live in a vacuum is, is only going to bring pain and heartache to you. But when you find out the creator, creator of the universe loves you and he, he intimately cares about even every hair that falls off the head of your head uh, and he just knows you so tenderly and wants to be there to help you and strengthen you and guide you and give you wisdom. Man, who, doesn't, who, who in the world wouldn't want to know that? It's only win, win, win. Praise God. So again, we had a tremendous time. Thank you all for uh, that, that let your men leave and, and you made the sacrifice of them being gone. Let me tell you what, I, it was well worth it. Uh, we thank everyone who labored in, in preparation and taking stuff in and hauling stuff out and closing up. I can't think of all the names to mention because I know I'd leave somebody out. Just want to say thank you to everyone who helped make this a truly successful and a glorious uh, weekend. And uh, we are going to have more events that are be coming up. Uh, we're not going to wait a whole year. We're going to have some events coming up. And for you who didn't get to jump in, you're going to get to jump in uh, here uh, with some of these upcoming events that we'll let you know about. But as we move forward today, we want to uh, focus on God's love for us as a church and our love for our friends. And if you've been invited today, we welcome you. Uh, whoever invited you, let me tell you what, they, their invitation speaks volumes about how much they love you and appreciate you. And I just thank God for them, and I thank God for you. I know I met a Gene, I met a Tom, I met some others. I got a lot of new names coming in my head. We welcome all of you. So come on, church, let's put our hands together and say welcome. You, you are in not just a church. I want to say it this way, you are in your church. If you need a church, this is home for you. If you're already in a church and you're established in that church, we're not trying to pull you out of that church. But if you need a church, you're home here today. Christian Embassy, you can call it today, you're home. So you, so you can take the posture, not as a guest, kind of slump down a little bit. You're at home. This is, this is, this is your house. And uh, you are welcome here. And we want you to definitely get involved in all the activities that we have. Please just dive right in and feel welcome and loved here. Amen. What we're looking at is, uh, today is how to be a good friend. The key to being a good friend. And one of the keys we definitely see is that your friend has already invited you to share with you one of the greatest things in their life. And that we find in Mark 12, 29, where Jesus was asked, what are the, what's the, the, the highest law? What is the most important law of all? And Jesus said, well, let me, let me answer it this way, that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that you would love your neighbor or your friend as yourself. So Jesus said everything is fulfilled in those two laws. We love God, we worship Him, and we adore Him, and we honor Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we reach out to our friends. We reach out to them. And if you've been reached out to today, let me tell you what, the one reached out to you, th that says volumes. That person truly loves you. That person's been praying for you. That person wants to see your life go to the next level of better. They want to see you have a good life. They really care about you. And here at Christian Embassy, they're an expression of us because we care about you too. Because true friends want nothing but the best 
for each other. And let me tell you what, they know as well as I know, learning to worship God brings out the best. Learning to worship God brings out the best. And we're going to be focused this morning on uh, the importance of praise because we have so much to praise God for. Do you know that? And when we praise God, it ushers in His presence in a different way than, than us just sitting here. And with His presence, He brings His power and His provision. So here you've got the presence of God, the power of God, and the provision of God made available to you when you praise Him. So we're going to be looking today at what the power of praise can do. What the power of praise can do. Let me tell you what, if you'll take the lessons you learned here this morning and implement them in your life, your life will literally be changed for good. Your life will literally go to the next level. The devil will come at you one way and he'll flee a thousand ways. You're going to find victory. You're going to find promotion. You're going to find joy. You're going to find peace. You're going to find confidence. You're going to find the love of God at a whole nother level if you'll just see what praise can do and then implement this in your life. Here are the things that the power of praise can do. Number one, if you take your notes, number one, praise gets our focus off of ourselves and back on God. And how many of you know in a selfie-focused world like we are today, we need to be reminded that it's not all about us. It's funny, some of the gentlemen at the men's uh, retreat or advance here had some old-timey phones. We won't call any names and we won't look at any individuals uh, particularly. Um, but they were leaning, saying, come here, come here, take a selfie with me. Or, or uh, what was you calling it? What was you calling it? You didn't call it selfie. Facey. Come, yeah. <clears throat> so come take a facey with me here. And the phone don't even have a camera on it. They don't even have a camera. And we laughed and laughed. Brother Harry, he is, he is a great entertainer for sure. And, uh, but it's really, he was drawing attention. Man, this is a day and age that, that every one of us notice. It is a facey or a selfie generation. And let me tell you what, when you get your eyes focused only on you, that opens the door for fear and trepidation and insecurity. And all it opens the door for the pits of hell and its fumes to come up into your life. And let me tell you what, that's not a good way to live. We've got to see that life is bigger and stronger and greater and there's one wiser and there's one higher than us and that is our Creator, our God and praise gets our focus off of ourselves back on God. He tells us in Psalms 150 verse 2, he says, Praise Him for His mighty deeds and praise Him according to His excellent greatness. All you got to do is look at your hands and see how they function without anything. You just... You just think it and here they are moving and you look at the heavens and you look at the clouds and you look at the rain and you look at the sunshine and you look at the trees and you look at how we breathe and you look at uh, how we can see with our eyes my he's a great creator he's an awesome God and he says if you just look at his mighty deeds and look to, at his excellent greatness you will be focused not on yourself but your focus is on him and you can't help but say God I praise you I praise you how many of you found a place where you can, you can go and you maybe just sit there and look at the creation of God and you come away restored, you come away strengthened, you come away encouraged? Anybody, anybody have a place that you can go? And you got problems of the world, but you go there and you just start focusing on God's creation, just looking, and all of a sudden your, your heart turns and you leave there 
and you've been strengthened, encouraged by the hand of God. So he tells us in Psalms 35, 28, and my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. The, the psalmist there, David, it says, I found the source of strength and I found the source of power. If you want to know how I'm a mighty king and you want to know how I led uh, the mighty men of David, he said, you want to know how I led those and you want to know how I've accomplished everything and written so much of the Bible and, and been used by God. He says, I learned to praise God all day long. I challenge you as you get up in the morning that you would set your course of the day, that this is the day the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to give Him praise. God, I thank you that my feet are working. And if you've got any stairs you walk down, say, thank you, God, I can walk down the stairs today. And when you get in the shower and you put your hand up to wash your head or hair or one or the other, and, uh, and, and you're washing it, and you Lord, I thank you that I can, I'm coordinated. Lord, I just thank you. Just start thanking him for that food that you eat. Thank him for the breath, the breath that you have to take. Just let your tongue get uh, praising him all day long. David said, I do this because I found that he is the source of my strength and my joy and my peace and my, the power, everything I have. So I got to stay focused on him rather than on this selfie generation of taking and it's all about me and how I'm looking and what I'm doing. Man, we fall short. But Lord, our Lord and God, Jesus, and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, does never fall short. Secondly, praise brings us to a place of humility. And we all need to be humbled. Look at the person to your right and say, you need to humble yourself. <laughs> Let's make it fair. Turn to the left. So you need to humble yourself. You need to humble yourself. Let me tell you what. The Bible says if you will humble yourself, God will take his hand and lift you up. But if you puff up in pride, the hand of God is against you. Wow. I would rather have God lifting me up than the hand of God down pushing me down. Right? So praise brings us to a place of humility. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving and let us make joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Man, I pray that that Psalms 95, 2 and 3 would become the, the heartbeat of this church. That when we come into his presence, that we come into his presence with thanksgiving. That we come here and we say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for my family and I thank you for the past and I thank you for the present. And I thank you for the future, God. You've got it in your hand. You've got it in your control. Lord, I thank you that what you provided faithful in the past, you're going to continue to provide and be faithful in the future. I can count on you. You're an amazing God. So let us make a joyful noise unto him with songs of praise for the Lord is great. He's a great God and a great king above all gods. Hallelujah. Psalm 35, 18, the psalmist says, I will give you thanks in the great congregation that God has given us from his word here, that God likes it when we come together in congregation for us to be thankful. That we're not just thankful, this is my private time with God and I'm thankful with him there. He wants us to gather together and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He wants us as con the congregation to praise him among the people. God loves that. And if God loves that, I want to participate. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of anything that God likes. Man, if this gives God delight, then I want to give the God delight. 
I love it that with my family, when it's their birthdays, I can bless them and see that smile on their face. Christmas, bless them. See that smile on their face. During the year, bless them and see that smile on their face. I love seeing that smile on their face when I bless them. Well, God says we put a smile on his face when we bless him, when we come together and praise and ascribe glory and honor and thanksgiving to him. So let us always be a church that keeps covenant with God that when we gather together, we're not taking selfies. When we gather together, our praise is on and our praise is on him. Hallelujah. That we're here to lift him up and to bring glory to him with a loud, joyful sound. Not a sorrowful sound, but a loud, joyful sound. So let us not be a silent church. Let us be a church with joyful thanksgiving coming off of our lips. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then he says, praise makes the enemy flee. Wow, if nothing will make you get your praise on, all you got to do is believe the word of God here because God said, I will move in, I will yashab, I will come in covenant presence, power and provision when you praise me. However, you, when you praise me, whatever your situation is, whatever your circumstance is, know that I'm going to step in when you praise me. And here's a story in the Bible in 2 Chronicles where these three nations had conspired and come together and they said, we're coming against the people of God. We're going to destroy the people of God. We're going to wipe them off of the face of this earth. And they besieged them and cut off their supply lines and really had them in a very, very tight and bad spot. They were outnumbered. They were cornered. They were blocked in. And it looked like there was really no way out. But listen here. When they went and sought the wisdom of God and Jehoshaphat got a word from God that the word of God said this. He says, I want you to put the praise on. I want you to put some praise on, he says, and see what will happen. Now, you and I know in military strategy, you don't put your praise and worship team on the front line. You put your Marines on the front line. You put the most skilled ones that can take that hand to hand and they can take it on. You put them on the front line. You don't put your praise and worship team. The, 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 the Marines, they know how to wear the armor. They know how to use the sword. They know how to use the uh, shield of, uh, that they have. They know how to work with what the weapons they have. You put the trained, skilled ones. But God said, no, 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 no. I'm a God of covenant. And I made a covenant. And my covenant with you is this. If you will praise me with a genuine heart, I will step in in covenant power and covenant authority. And I will do, I will, I will use all the resources of my creative power. I will bring you through it. Hallelujah. Now, if you and I understand that the Marines and the Navy and the Army and the Air Force and the Coast Guard and everybody all pulled together with all the weapons that they've been trained to use is nothing compared to the creative power of God where God can do anything and everything without limitation. So here, they said, God says, if you want the covenant God of heaven to step in and fight this battle for you on earth, you got to praise me because I'm a God. I'm a God of covenant and I've given you this covenant of praise. If, if and then, if, that's how covenant language, if you will praise me, then I will step in and I will show you, I will show off <laughs> in essence. So Jehoshaphat said, Lord, I trust your word. So he gets the praisers. He said, come here. 
And I know they probably were trembling. I don't know. They're like, you're saying, what? What? You want us, three nations, more powerful, outnumbering us? They've got us besieged. Our supplies are low. We are weakened. And you want to put us out doing what? Singing? You want us singing with our string instruments and singing? And he says, yes, that's what I want. And he said, that's what the Lord said. And, and, and undoubtedly, their commitment to God in praise, they'd already seen the hand of God uh, manifest in so many things. They said, if that's what God wants, we're going to do it. Because the Bible doesn't say there was any opposition. So the praisers went out front, and then the soldiers were behind them. So as the praisers went out front, here's what it says. As, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord, the Lord, he stepped in. And he said, ambush against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. Three nations. God said ambush against them. I'm telling you what, what we need today is we need God to set ambush against cancer. And we need God to set ambush against addictions of drugs and bondages that the devil has put on us. We need God to set ambush. We need God's help. The heroin epidemic needs God's help. The cocaine and the crack epidemic needs God's help. The alcoholic epidemic needs God's help. The marijuana epidemic needs God's help. The divorce epidemic needs God's help. Come on now, the cancer epidemic needs God's help. We need God to step in and set ambush against all that is coming against the people of God. So we got to put our praisers out front. And then when the soldiers came up behind them, there, they destroyed each other. They turned on each other. God made them see that bump next door as an enemy, and that really that was their fellow soldier, but they turned it on each other. It's time for cancer cells to turn on each other and destroy each other and masses to just be flushed out, that death to be flushed out of our bodies, all because we put our praise on. We need addiction to turn against itself and destroy itself so that we don't have a 99-year, 12-step program that may get you to the very threshold of it. Then you always got to live at the threshold of falling back one way or the other. But truly set free, whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. There's a power of heaven that can deliver here on earth. And God said, I'm a covenant God. The covenant is established. And I'm a covenant, if you praise me, Yashab, I'll move in. And where my presence comes, my power comes. And where my power comes, my presence brings joy. And joy of the Lord is our strength. So you get strength. You get power. You get provision. You get protection. But we got to be a people of praise. Hallelujah. Fourthly, praise leaves no room for complaining and negativity. In this covenant of praise, we've got to learn that our lips were given to us for praise. Not for complaining. Not for negativity. The scripture specifically says that your lips have the power, your tongue has the power to release life or death. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. God said, I created you. And if I gave you that tongue, I gave that tongue authority. And the authority that tongue has, it can release life or death. Or that tongue can release blessings or curses. And he says, and you're going to eat the fruit of your tongue. So if you release curses, then you're going to, it's almost like you speak them and you walk into them. Or you speak death and you walk into it. You're going to eat the fruit of it. 
So what we got to do is we got to understand this covenant of praise and we got to align our tongue with the creative order of God, not what Satan has come in to uh, uh, thwart and, uh, and distract and to uh, contaminate what God did. So what we got to do is we got to stop complaining and we got to stop whining and we got to stop speaking negative. Come on now. I'm getting one amen. I know the rest of you inside, you're wanting to say amen. Amen. Psalms 103, verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul. Your soul is the decision maker of your life. And your flesh is over here going, wah, 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 just like it did when it was born. Wah, give me a bottle, wah, give me this, wah, give me that. Wah, it, it, it's a whiner, it's, a, it's all about it. Paul says if you walk according to the flesh, you are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. How do you not walk according to the flesh? He said, now you're born again. Your spirit man is alive. You're a new creation in Christ. you got to start listening to your spirit man. And your spirit man is in connection with the spirit of God. That's why we have a spiritual language. Pastor Radica has given us that challenge of 30 days, 30 minutes a day of praying in the spirit and singing in the spirit and asking God to fill us with the spirit and help our spirit man communicate with the Holy Spirit so we get to download here. And now the Spirit tells our soulish man, our emotions tells our soulish man what, what we should do. Otherwise, all we hear is the flesh. We go, my diaper's wet. I'm uncomfortable. I'm too cold. I'm too hot. It's too long. It's too short. It, it hurt my feelings. You know, it's just all over there. And if you listen to that, your soul is going to say, man, life is hard. Man, this is stupid. Man, I don't like this. Man, and there you go. You're going, and you're going to eat the fruit of that. So we got to learn to put our praise on. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. So he's speaking to his soul. Soul, you got to listen to the spirit, man, because we've got benefits. This covenant we have with God brings benefits. Don't forget the benefits. If you're having a bad day, and we all do, where we're leaning over to listening to the whiner in us and we want to give a, a heed to it, he said, don't forget the benefits. It'll help you turn back to the Spirit. What are the benefits? He said, he forgives all your iniquity. You're a sinner. Every one of us are sinners. You've either lied, you've either cheated, you've either uh, been disobedient, you've done something wrong. We're all sinners and short of the glory of God. And sin brings a condemnation and a separation. And it looks like a bad picture. But the gift of God is eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. The gift of God is the blood of Jesus washes our sins away white as snow. There's not even a stain or a mark of the sin ever again. And the condemnation is lifted off of us. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? So if we're not condemned, now we can be confident as sons and daughters of God, confident in the purpose and the plan God has for us, confident to work in the workforce or do school in the school uh, uh, environment in such a way that we, as in covenant with God, help bring His presence into the world that we live in. Hallelujah. So forget not His benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Man, that should make you stop listening to the whining flesh and get over to the Spirit and start speaking life. He heals all your diseases. Who redeemed your life from the pit? How many of you were in the pit? How many of you have ever been in the pit? I was in the pit. It stinks in the pit. It's dark in the pit. It's cold in the pit. I was isolated in the pit. But the hand of God reached down into the pit and He lifted me up and He set me on a rock that is high and He did the same for you. Don't forget that. 
Don't forget that. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Hallelujah. So Hebrews 13, 15, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Did you see that sacrifice there? Did you see that sacrifice? Let us offer the sacrifice of praise. This flesh is going to say, you don't feel like it. The flesh is saying, oh, you're hurting in your elbow. Put your arm down. Your knee's hurting. Sit down. The flesh doesn't want it. But when you understand the covenant we have with God of praise, you're like, you're going to keep hurting if I do what you want me to do. And you're going to keep suffering if I do what you want me to do. But oh soul, it's time to bless the Lord because I'm in covenant with God and I got benefits and I need the healing to flow into this body and I need provision to flow into this body. So I'm not going with you who is in need. I'm going with you who has an abundance of more than enough and so that that flow can come into my life. So there's a sacrifice involved there. Continually, he says, for this is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So you can't just say, and what I just thought in that moment of silence is, Lord, I thank you. And here's another one. And in that moment of silence, I said, Lord, I praise you. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. Well, I am from a dignified, very reformed, educated-looking, cold, dried-up church. Well, that's where you're from. That's where you're from. That ain't where you're at. We're in the house of God where we hear the word of God and we say we're going to obey his word. It ain't about your culture and your past. It's about what God is saying. Do, if, you, if you're so enthralled with that, you would still be there. You lost interest with that a long time ago. You poked fun and made jokes about that a long time ago. So stop trying to emulate that today. He says... The sacrifice of praise to God continually needs to be fruit off of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, I love you. I praise you. We need to speak it out. We need to speak it out. Do you hear what I'm saying? The devil would have you only speak out the name of God in a curse. You don't hear, you don't hear anybody cursing in the name of Lucifer. Lucifer, damn you. You don't hear that. But they'll sure curse in the name of God. Why? Because the devil knows there's power in the name of God and he's trying to get us to bring the negative rather than the positive and the devil is a liar. We've lived for him long enough. Where did that get us? If there was any pleasure in sin, he said it was short-lived. Because sin will always cost you more than you were ever expecting to pay. It will hold you longer than you were ever expecting to visit with it. And it will take you further down than you were ever expected to go. And it will cause you pain that you never dreamed of. The devil puts bait on a hook, but there's a hook under the bait. And if you think that sweet gummy worm is worth it, let me tell you what. When he locks that stainless steel hook into your jaw and wants to drag you down to the pit of despair with him, you're going to learn it was not worth it. So let's say, devil, no. No more. We're covenant people of God. Amen. Praise makes room for God's blessing over our lives. God will not hold back his goodness. And praise is what opens the gateway of blessing as we come into his pre uh, the presence of our king with praise. 
Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You see that Psalm 104. There's a gate. There's, there, 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 there's something we've got to press through. This part of the sacrifice of praise. There's a gate there. And the gate does, is not locked. It's not locked. But the way you walk through that gate, it could be an open gate, but the way you walk through that gate into what the provision is beyond that gate is with thanksgiving. And when you have a heart of thanksgiving, it is very easy to move on into his courts with praise. Hallelujah. And give thanks and bless his holy name. So prokiskinu is the Greek word for praise in the New Testament. and It's one of them, and it means to press forward and to kiss. So it's not just, well, God, I'm here to praise you. Aren't you glad I'm here? Selfie. Facey, facey. I'm here with God, God's people. God, aren't you glad I'm here? That's not praise. Do you see what I'm saying? So he wants it out of a heart of thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you. I thank God that I didn't die and go to hell at 17. When I was listening to the devil, I thank God that he's allowed me to live to be 52 and have a beautiful family and three children and a wife that I adore. I just, I just thank God that he's allowed me to pastor this church for 25 years. I thank God for all of you and your lives that God can use me to be a part of. You know, I just thank God. And because I'm so thankful, it, I just got to praise. I got to praise him. God, I praise you, Lord. I praise you. I lift you up. I magnify your name. If you, if you say me ascribing glory to you does something, something for you, then I'm going to ascribe glory to you. And if you hearing me say worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb, blesses your heart, then I'm going to say, God, you are worthy, worthy, worthy to receive all glory, to receive all honor, and to receive all praise. Hallelujah. Praise makes room for the blessings over our lives. Hallelujah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has already blessed us. It's covenant. It's already there. He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Praise God. And what he has in heaven, Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's already done in heaven. Now he wants to rain it down on us. And praise is what splits the heavens and causes it to rain down the blessings of God in our life. Praise his name. Number six, praise invites his presence. I've talked about this as I, I talked about that Hebrew word, yashab. It's a covenant word. It's like marriage, moving in. When you get married, I move in. Pastor Deacon, we got married 22 years ago this December the 2nd. She moved in and I, we moved in together. And everything that was hers was mine. And everything that was mine was hers. And I was in covenant with her. And I'm going to protect her. 22 years. Have I done okay, baby? I'm not going to let you down. I've been protecting her. I've been praying over her. I've been providing for her. I, you come at her, you, let me tell you what. You're going to see something you ain't never seen before. Because I'm, I tell you what, I love my wife. And, and I'm to protect my children. I love my children. And, and, and I don't put them up on a pedestal and say, PKs, look at my PKs. I'm telling you what, we're just family just like you. We're one of the families of the many families of this church. But I love my children and I should love my children and you should love your children and I'm going to take care of my children you should take care of your children and I'm going to protect my children you should protect your children I'm going to provide for my children you should provide for your children do you hear what I'm saying? because I'm in covenant I'm in covenant Yasha, we moved in this thing is until death do us part and uh, we even said in our vows and even after this life God if you can make room for us uh, as husband and wife in heaven we'll serve you as husband and wife in heaven hallelujah so 
Lord, he let him be creative with that. But nonetheless, uh, we, we, that's that covenant word. He inhabits right there. Psalms 22, 3. Inhabits, Yashab. The praises of his people. When you praise him, he moves in. In covenant. And he, he brings all that he said he would bring. And then he tells us in 1 Peter 2, 29, that we are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Every one of you. He's talking to you. You are a chosen generation. You were chosen by God to live in this generation. He needs you. As long as you're breathing, you're a part of this generation. And as long as you're breathing, he needs you. Because he chose you. He didn't want you born in 1810. Oh, some of you were born in 1810. Let me go further back. He didn't want you born in 1711. <laughs> but he wanted you now. He, wanted, he needed you now. You're a chosen generation. And then in this generation, he's also made you a royal priesthood. That you are a son, daughter of the most high God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me tell you what. You are a royal. You have royalty. And you are not just royal, but you are a priesthood. He's anointed you and appointed you and called you to be a minister. I've had so many people say, I just feel to be called a minister. I said, we're all called to ministry. Oh, that's where that comes from. Because they'll go on to say, I just don't see myself ever pastoring. Well, there are equipping gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher that are to equip the saints for the works of service. And that's a full time and needs to be trained. There's some people want an ordination and they've not even, they've not even done, can't even get through a yearly devotional. Now, what is that about full time equipping? I don't know if I want somebody like that equipping me. Right? And they're like, well, I say, if you were to go be a counselor, well, I got to get licensed. I got to get a master's degree and, and, in order to give counsel to people. Okay, I said, well, then go be a doctor. But a doctor? Look at Dr. East. Oh, my, my. All the studies he had to do and all the years of practice and, and, and internship and all that he had to do. That is quite a sacrifice. I don't know if I want to do that. Well, I'm like, well, let's go over here and, and get you to make smoothies at Smoothie, uh, Smoothie King. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, that training process is a week. I don't know if I want to do that. If you just ordain me, pastor, then I can be a, a minister. Where life intersects and eternity is at stake. And, and, and we just kind of lower it to just any, anybody can just do this. But where that anybody comes from is we are all called to ministry. And not maybe full time, that, that's your career, that you've been trained in all of the aspects and the facets of counseling and all that it takes to do that. But we are all called because the other side of it is that's pastor's job. Here's somebody who needs prayer. Pastor! Well, he's praying for 17 people. He'll get to you eventually. He's got 17 people to go through. Mm -mm. So we don't want to look at either extreme. We want to see that we're a royal priesthood. That we've been ordained by God to minister to our family and to minister to those who are around us, our friends and our relatives and our associates and our neighbors, that we, we minister. We are conduits of heaven. We can pray for them. We can testify. We can encourage them. Hallelujah. Amen. So praise invites his presence. And as a royal priesthood, his presence, if you'll in that, bring praise to the, uh, 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 the factor, then you'll bring his presence into anyone you're ministering to. You've got to be one that leads in praise. So we're a holy nation, a peculiar people, 
That we should what? What are we called to do? What are we anointed to do? What are we established to do? What are we brought into this generation to do? What? Show forth. To do what? Show forth. So me sitting here with my silent, I love you, Jesus. Is that showing it forth? No. To show forth the praises of Him who what? Called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Anybody remember what that darkness was like? Does anybody remember what that darkness was like? We were all born and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all been in that darkness. And only a few of you remember what it was like. Do you remember what it was like before you were a Christian? Do you remember what it was like before you had the love of Christ? Do you remember what it was like when you were bound and it seemed like there was no way out and you were always going to live this life perpetuated forever and ever and ever? And then the truth came to you and the light came to you and the love came to you and the forgiveness came to you and the lifting of the hand of God came to you and all of a sudden you put your faith in Jesus and joy comes back and you put your faith in Jesus and bondages fall off of your life and you put your faith in Jesus and now there looks like there's a future and a hope for you. How many of you remember coming out of the pit, coming out of the darkness into His light? We're to show forth the praises of Him who did that for us. Hallelujah. And then number seven, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in His presence. Some of you, I know, if you're, if you're like me, you can get it to a place where you can get really weary. You can get weary in well-doing, the Bible says. Anybody ever been there? Weary in well-doing. And you feel like you're going to faint, the Bible says. He says that you will reap if you don't faint. But that lets you know that temptation of fainting is there. When you come in covenant with God in praise and you begin to praise him, your spirit man from the inside out gets refreshed because in his presence is fullness of joy. If I meet a crab and we just left the ocean front and I'm not talking about one that you would eat. You ever met a person that like an old crab? A crabby person? You ever met one? I'm in the wrong church. Wow. Man, never met a crabby person? Oh, you're the crabby person. That's why you're crabby. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. I got you. <laughs> when I meet a crabby person, I immediately know, according to the Word of God, they've not been spending time in the presence of God. That is the litmus test. They're not, they're not spending time in the presence. Because when you spend time in the presence of the Lord, comes the fullness of joy. You get filled up with joy. You can't help it. Sister Angie, why are you so joyful? Because you spend time in the presence of the Lord, right? It's not you. You're not that strong. You probably have a melancholy side. And if you got outside of the presence of God and started trying to live life all by yourself, that same exuberance of joy we see through you probably could come forth in emotions of negative and, 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 and weighing down. But I believe you learned a long time ago that when you spend time in the presence of the Lord, you just come out like a young spring chicken. You just like just jumping and working and loving and smiling. I believe that. I believe that because that's the covenant. Because your love is better than life. 
My lips will glorify you, God. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Why in this church do we lift up our hands? Because God says when we praise Him, He likes for us to do that as a sign of surrender and also as a sign of ascribing glory and honor and praise to Him. It's not the selfie or facey of taking it in. It's giving it out. Hallelujah. He likes that. He loves that. It's part of His covenant with us. Praise God. And then I'm going to wrap it up with this last one. When we praise God, praise paves the way for God's power to be displayed. God is not a God who is on a budget. God is not a God who has a limited resources. God is not, and God likes to show off. Why you look at that sun come up at a sunrise, especially on the ocean. You go, man, God. Man can't paint anything that looks like that. And then we had a house on the uh, bay side and if, uh, this past weekend. You go right across the street over here to the bay side, and there the sun set. And the kaleidoscope of colors as it was saying, it's like, man. And then and we were around that fire all, at night. And we looked up into the heavens, and it was a cloudless night. And all the stars and the moon, part of it, wasn't a half a moon, was not quite half a moon, was just glowing. It's like, man, God, you... You let everybody know who's in charge. You let everybody know who has power. Praise pays the way for God's power to be displayed. We see this in Acts chapter 16. I think one of the best stories in the New Testament uh, on this. There's two missionary guys, a team. Uh, they were going out and they're doing missions work and they're just helping people. Bound on drugs. They're praying for people and they're getting set free. People bound with other uh, spirits of infirmity. They're praying for them. They're getting healed. There's, the crowd started gathering bigger and larger and larger and larger. And, and there was this one woman that was uh, possessed by a demon. And, and this demon would manifest. And she was screaming things out. And she was, uh, you know, disturbing, distracting. It was like the enemy trying to take the distraction off of what God was doing on what she was doing. Paul put up with it for quite a while. And finally, it came a day he said, enough's enough. And he turned and he rebuked the spirit and told the spirit to go. And the spirit left the girl. And that spirit gave her the ability to fortune tell. You don't want to go to a fortune teller. Don't get your palms read. Come on now. Don't read no horoscope. Some of it's just junk and others of it is demonically inspired. You don't want to, you don't want to play around with any of it, right? You, you needed to hear that, right? So uh, there was a, a, a pastor's uh, a worship leader's wife that was posting a daily horoscope in another city. And I knew them from when I preached revivals and stuff. And I so privately and kindly was trying to let him and her know that this is not of God. And, and I gave them scriptures and gave them some things to read. No judgment or condemnation. I'm just saying, you guys are leading the praise and worship leaders of this church. And, and if the enemy's got you blinded to this, I just wanted to kind of let you study it out for yourself. Well, they've never spoken to me since and got really angry and, and, and blocked me, but, you know, that, that's okay. They, they stopped posting them. <laughs> I hope they got some, got some insight. But here was a worship leader in a church that was even deceived in this day and age with the apps and stuff like that. It was just a horoscope of the day. It'll help guide your way. Yeah, straight to hell. And it says all nice stuff. Yep, that's how the devil, he has a gummy worm on that stainless steel hook. Okay. 
So Paul rebukes that spirit that is helping her fortune tell, and now she can't fortune tell anymore, and her owners can't make any money, which means she was in bondage. They owned her. She, would, she wasn't free. So there's bondage. So she gets liberated from all of this stuff. Well, the owners that had the lo- losing money because of this gets the crowd turned against Paul and Silas. They, they get the officials turned against them. They take them, strip them of their clothes naked to humiliate them. They beat them, and then they cast them in the inner cell, which in a Roman prison meant the sewer. There was the cell on the regular level, and then there was a lower cell that was down where the sewer ran, and that was the inner cell, and that's where they put them. So they're down there bloodied bodies. They're down there naked, They're there with their feet in stocks, these wooden stocks, and there are chains on them, and there's a prison door there, and there's sewer flowing through their open cuts. And in this day and age, there was not antibiotics and things like we would even rely on today. And they had seen what infection, and they'd seen what disease, and they'd seen what leprosy, and they saw what would happen. And here they are vulnerable to all of that in the pain that they're at. And how many of you know you hurt worse at night than you do in the daytime? How many of you have ever had a pain and you said, if I can just live till the sun comes up, I know I'll make it. Anybody in here know it gets worse at night? Well, at midnight when the pain was at its worst and the stench and everything was at its worst and there they were in that midnight hour, what are they doing? Paul understood this covenant of praise and he says, I am in a position where the opposition is greater than I am, but I have access to he who is greater than the opposition position. I'm in covenant with him. And this covenant of praise says if I will put my praise on uh, that God's going to step in. Yashom, move in in his presence and his power and his anointing. Uh, So Paul says unashamedly so much that the other prisoners heard he and Silas and they begin to pray and they begin to praise uh, in the midnight hour. And the Bible records it as an earthquake. It was just a stepping in of God into Yashom moment and God brings his presence and his power and the gates cannot and the prison bars can't hold back the power of God and the chains can't hold back the power of God and the stocks can't hold back the power of God and they burst open and they fall off and the power of God is so great that it takes care of even those that are around them because what we do brings in the covenant of God to affect our family, our relatives, our associates and our neighbors and they too can get blessed and now they're freed up the prisoner, the guard who put them there, brings them up, washes them puts oil and salve in their wounds, clothes them feeds them, ministers to them. This is a turnaround event. Hallelujah. And it came through the covenant of praise. They came through the covenant of praise. God needs a covenant representative here on earth. It's always been his plan. If you remember, remember the story of Goliath. You ever hear that as a kid, the story of Goliath, David and Goliath? What was happening there is the Philistines had chosen Goliath to be their covenant representative on earth for them. Meaning this, that whatever victory Goliath won, that victory belonged to all of the Philistines. He was the covenant representative. 
And David came bringing pizzas to his brothers. Well, it was bread and cheese. As his dad had asked him to do. And for 40 days, what has been going on is all of Israel and all of their soldiers and all of their military might was afraid of this covenant representative. As Goliath would come out and would say, let a covenant representative come and fight me. And whoever wins here in this valley, the victory goes to that whole nation. And not one person in Israel felt they had the resource, the strength, and the ability to represent their nation and come against this giant. And when David heard this, it troubled him. Why do you think it troubled him? He was smaller than any soldier. He was younger than any soldier. Physically, he was the last. He, he wasn't even, a, he wasn't even an, uh, an option. No one would put him out as the covenant representative because whatever the covenant representative, if he lost, then all of Israel would become slaves unto the Philistines. But David had a conversation, many conversations with God when he was out tending the sheep as a little shepherd boy. And he began to, out of those conversations, God explained to him the covenant of praise what I've been talking about this morning. And most of the Psalms was, was David writing. Is that little boy writing about this covenant of praise. He ends it with the Psalms 150 and ends that chapter and that with the last verse and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So he understood the covenant of praise. And he's like, if I... Go forth in the praise of God, to the praise of God. God's going to yashav. He's going to step in and do in me, for me, through me what I can't do. He says, let me go. Let me go. So they try to put the armor on him and he says, I, it's too big for me. I've not learned it. Let me go in the covenant I have with God. So that's why when he goes as a covenant representative and Goliath's laughing and scorning him and, and David says, look, I'm not coming to you with a spear and I'm not coming to you with a shield and I'm not coming to you with military might. But what I am coming, he didn't even say I'm coming to you with a, a sling and a stone. He didn't say that. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. And if you'll study that in Hebrew phraseology, he says, I'm coming in the praise to my God. I'm giving God, what he was saying is, I'm giving God praise for my victory even before I come because God is going to give me the victory. And as he began to praise God in that valley where for 40 days there had been so much at stake, so much at stake, and now it comes to the moment of decision. And as David took that sling and threw that rock, the power of God, the hand of God, Yashav, it was not David's ability, I don't believe as much as it was the throwing or the pitching hand of God that hit Goliath right where he needed to be hit. And he went down. And David gives all the victory and all the praise to God. Now what God said to me is Jesus came as our covenant representative and he's already won the victory. 
And he's put it in every one of our bank account. You're victorious. You're the head and not the tail. You're more than a conqueror. You're more than an overcomer through Christ Jesus. You who are rich, uh, he who is rich became poor, that you who are poor might be made rich in Christ Jesus. You're the head and not the tail. You're the righteousness of God. All of that is yours. You're healed. You're delivered. All that's yours. But what he says, I'm still a God of covenant. And as a God of covenant, I need covenant representatives here on earth. Is there anyone who will stand as a man or woman of God in covenant with God. He says, if you will, and you will let your praise go before you, you don't have to have the wisdom. You don't have to have the military strength. You don't have to have the financial know-all. You don't have to have any of that. God says, I will provide. I will provide. Just send the praisers out front. Put your praise out front. Because in this covenant of praise, when you begin to praise, Yashab, you usher in my presence, which brings in the power, brings in the provision, and all that you need. I wonder, is there anyone here this morning who would say, God, yes, 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 God, count me, Lord, hallelujah, count me, Lord, to be a covenant representative here, Lord God, hallelujah. If you just stand, if you want to be counted as a covenant representative, say, Lord, here am I. Let me be the conduit of heaven. Lord, let your presence and your power and your glory and your anointing and your love and your forgiveness and your kindness and your gentleness and your generosity, Lord God, let it flow through me. I let it start with me and my family and my children, my children's children, my spouse. But let it begin to spill over unto my friends and my relatives and my associates and my neighbors. Lord God, here am I. Let me be the conduit of heaven. Hallelujah. And Lord God, you see them standing here right now. And you see them with their hands lifted under you right now. Lord God, is a sign of surrender. Say, Jesus, Jesus, I surrender my life unto you, Lord God. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. I call upon your name. Jesus, Jesus, I am yours and you are mine. I give you my all. I give you my past. I give you my today. And I give you my tomorrows. Here am I, God. Hallelujah. I I want to be a lips that brings forth praises, uh, that brings forth presence, that brings forth your power here on earth. Hallelujah. And Lord God, I just give myself to you. Come on, just tell him right now. God, I give myself to you. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to honor you. I praise you. I pray. And as your praise goes forth, even those that are around you, that may be in bondage today, that may be enslaved today, maybe that are held back today, maybe behind prison bars today, they too going to get freed. They too going to get freed. If they can hear it from you, if they can hear it from you, Hallelujah. So, Lord, we bless you, we praise you, and we magnify your holy name. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.